This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, where this week, Chris, you teased us last week. Now it's happening January 24th through the 26th. When you buy one pound of steelhead at Zupan's Markets, you get one free when you're a member of the Newsfeed Club at Zupan's.com. And all it takes is to sign up for the newsletter. Go to the website. That's simple. And sneak peek next week is 20% off all Italian wine. And that would be specifically February 7th to the ninth. So you can see the progression of wonderful things that happen if you're part of the news feed. What else, Court? Well, they right now, they've got the Sumo Citrus. It has arrived. If you haven't tried uh, this fruit, it's the biggest citrus of the season. And you pointed this out, so easy to peel. Yes. And when it comes to citrus, big is important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big and juicy, and that's what these are. Yep. Because they are fantastic. Also, uh, February 5th to March 3rd, check out Zupans.com for all the details on Ciao Italia. Featuring amazing products from Italy. And you know I have a special I have a special love for Italy. I've been going there yep. every year. So it's really nice to come back from Italy and then see some of those we, products. We've said this before. Short of going with you on your trips to, to Italy, go to Zupans and check out all the great uh, quality stuff I think they have. you'd do both. Sure. Why not, why not do both? But the easiest thing to do is to head down to one of three Zupans markets in town. Mm-hmm. Where? West Burnside, Lake Oswego, and McAdam. And also, very easy to go to zoopants.com. All right, here we go. Time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork. (laughs) What are you humming over there? I was humming Joy to the World. Oh, sure. So there's a reason for that. Stay tuned for a second. Let me first introduce you, Court Johnson, over there with the Utah Jazz hat. Yep. Always have to mention the hat of the day. Yeah. Well, my, week. For, it's actually the week or the two weeks we don't we don't get together all sure. the time. Sure, I've got I've got like three or four Utah Jazz hats now that I just keep in rotation. I, I, and I know as we are a Portland based uh, food podcast that that may anger some, but I tried to adopt the Trailblazers. Angry. There are different people in the world, and we are. This is a very inclusive city. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so um, Wait, that's a, that's a conversation for yeah, another. That's a day. conversation for another time. Yeah. I actually just had a really nice time. I met the. Uh, I was introduced to the private chef for Hassan Whiteside, right? Uh, chef Killa mm-hmm. or Killa Chef. I have to look her up. It's pretty interesting. Her name uh, is Kiara. I don't think it's always been this way, but where nutrition, the the obviousness of how important nutrition is for athletes that a lot of these world premier athletes have great private chefs that are helping them eat better well they can afford it they peel off sure. a little bit a little bit quite a bit of money to have a private chef there yeah and one of the things that i found out this has nothing to do with joy church but right we, but we i plan on having kiara hardy on the podcast actually we need to schedule the date sure who's uh who's uh, Hassan's private chef. Mm -hmm. But part of the thing is she has to prepare something every day that he's around. Yeah. And then there are plenty of times where he might text and say, I'm not going to be there. Right. They're on the road half the the month. Well, no, 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 no. But even if they're in Portland, he makes plans with some other folks. Sorry, I'm not going to come home for my 1130 dinner after the game. And uh, we were talking about it last night. That's her job. So she can't get that upset. This is not a jilted... 
uh, spouse who, who prepared a meal. Oh, and right. And hears he's not coming home because mm-hmm. he's going out to go Sits out. there in darkness and sulks. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah. anyway, I had a really nice uh, dinner with her and her, her uh, PR person last night. It was, it was a lot of fun. Do we even need to talk about that? No, that's, it's a teaser for things to come. We'll talk more about that later. Okay. But, but, uh, but this episode is kind of a teaser of things to come. Well, that's true. Look at you with the segue. Like that. That's just I awesome. brought it all back together. And saving me. Sure. So, no, this is a really exciting episode because Joy Church is one of the people that most of the people in the food world in Portland know. Sure. So she's been an integral part. I met her of the food world. I met her a few years ago when she was... Uh, part of the Portland Kitchen mm-hmm. and running that show over there in terms of fundraising and, and media relations. Yeah. Um, so we met her there. And since then, she has left and she's moved on to form her own uh, consulting agency. And she does a lot of things in the food world. She also happens to be one of the best dressed oh, women yeah. in Portland. Yeah. She, she uh, gravitates towards the... The kind of the vintage look, and sure. it's very Portlandy. Yeah. So if you were to have a representative of Portland out there, Joy might be it. Sure. Um, so um, we had a nice conversation with her about her theatrical bent mm-hmm. and her food bent and her, uh, you know, I've been out with her a few times and probably there are more cocktails ordered than I'm used to right. along the way. Uh, I'll put it that way. You can't, and, say, you can't say her drinking bent. <laughs> No, but I can. And I'll tell you why I can, because it's perfect. Another great segue. Yes. So we are introducing through, let's call it our Right at the Fork Network. Okay. I like uh, that. Ooh, that sounds good. Joy's Joy of Drinking podcast. Joy of Drinking and and Cannabis? Does she just call it the Joy of Drinking? I think it's just joy, the Joy of Drinking, but we are going to talk about cannabis. Right. I think, but we'll let her. <laughs> so here's the thing. Listen in on Monday. Yeah. The 20 what? It'll be the 27th. 27th, January 27th, for her introductory podcast Mm -hmm. with um, Karen Locke and Carl Hole. Yeah. And we'll leave it there until Monday for you to hear what they're actually going to be talking about. But um, so Joy was uh, one of our hosts back last March when we had women interviewing women. It was Women's Month. And she did such a fantastic job that we went to her and said, you know, have you thought of doing a podcast? And she may have, or she may, everybody's thought of doing a podcast. Have they not? Sure. So, but at any rate, uh, over time, we thought, we talked to her and said, listen, let's launch, since it is food oriented, let's launch your podcast through to our folks uh, on a Monday, on Mondays. So we're going to do this uh, probably once a month for mm-hmm. a while and then hope that Joy can, uh, we know she'll be successful. Yeah. Joy gets out on her own two feet and launches it outside of our network. Yeah, and then, so, then it'll be another great podcast for you to go like and subscribe to. Exactly. And so, and we can sort of maybe promote each other's back sure. and forth. So, so she's going to be talking about the drinking world in Portland, uh, cocktails and wine and so forth, and also a little cannabis, um, which I like to put in there as well. Yeah. Um, so we talk a little bit on this particular podcast. This, by the way, just to not confuse people, coming up is an interview with Joy about her life, her, her life in Portland, her background, and a little bit about what she had in mind with the podcast. Yeah. And then on Monday is the actual 
Joy of Drinking podcast. So this is Joy Church, and uh, we know she's a very easy interview because things just move along quite, uh, they just flow very nicely. So enjoy this interview with Joy Church. And by the way, you'll find her at JC Plays With Food on Instagram and Joy of Drinking podcast on Instagram. Yes. Right at the Fork is brought to you by the Toro Bravo Inc. Restaurant Group. Serving Portland since 2007 at Toro Bravo, Mediterranean Exploration Company, Tasty and Alder, Tasty and Daughters, Shalom Y'all, Bless Your Heart Burgers, and Gastronomic Society and Event Space, Plaza del Toro. For restaurant and event information, visit torobravoinc.com. Zupan's Markets, inspiring you with the best in food and wine. Local, family-owned Zupan's Markets provides a unique grocery shopping experience for Portland food lovers. Excellent products sourced locally and from around the globe with delicious chef-prepared meals for your convenience on West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Visit Zupans.com and sign up for your exclusive deals and promotional offers. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a Portland landmark. Famous for its steaks, world-renowned onion rings, and unsurpassed service. And now, with extended happy hours, where you can enjoy a wide array of dishes on the bar menu for half off. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and make a reservation today. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join right at the Four Coast Chris Angeles for once-in-a-lifetime luxury food and wine vacations with his Portland chef and artisan friends in 2020. Urdaneta's Javier Canteras takes you to magical Spanish Basque Country for 10 days in April or explore beautiful and rustic western Sicily in October. Contact Chris Angeles through portlandfoodadventures.com. Yeah, you know what I said to uh, Renee this morning? We were at Camp 18 and... Um, one of my gripes of my life, my psychological gripes, was that my mother used to say, you don't need that. Like, even when I was adult, married, we'd go out to dinner and she'd say, you don't need to order that, Chris. So I, I <laughs> Thanks, did it. Mom. I swear to God, I did it to Renee this Ooh, morning. Turning into your mom, Well, Chris. she Well, so, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> turning into it, it's just displaying it. Yeah, that's all. You have become. Yeah. I already was. But I, but I noticed it immediately. I said, holy shit, I did what my, I always complained that my mother did. But I still, in my heart, don't think on top of Eggs Benedict, you need biscuits and gravy. I'm, that's where my mom was coming from, and I get that. <laughs> right? That's a lot. That's a lot of carbs. After we had, we had um, whatchamacallit last night? Um, bread pudding. Yeah, they're big and thick. But we had bread pudding last night. I said, I'm not in a carb mood today. So I influenced that anyway okay joy hello chris joy of drinking and here we are you know we have a no food or drink thing which you oh i did not know that well i don't have any food or drink so you don't now because you gave it to us that's right right so yeah i gave you this beer so you gave us the keep portland weird in the groove black vinyl lager right from portland brewing which by the way the portland brewing logo Looks a lot like the Philadelphia Phillies. I think it's a new logo. They did a redesign recently. Right. Anyway, Portland Brewing's been around for a long time, and they're, they've teamed up with Weird Portland United to do this Keep Portland Weird series. So this is the second in it. It's got a picture of Terry Courier. Um, I hope I'm saying his last name properly. He's the owner of Music Millennium, um, and he's the co 
partner in Oregon Music Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And Terry's been around for decades now with this music millennium. It's on broad uh, Burn Burnside, right? Burnside, Burnside, right across from Laurelhurst. Yes. And uh, Terry's really the person who came up with the Keep Portland Weird that slogan that we use really? all the time. So and he the, had a good friend in Austin. I was going to say, yeah. does someone know who stole it from in right, Austin? Whole, or this, or this, did someone in Austin originally had it and Terry actually stole it from So Austin. Terry was uh, trying to come up with something for Portland in the 60s. Keep Portland amazing. Keep Portland phenomenal. Mm. And he, nothing stuck. And he was went to visit his music store friend in Austin. Mm -hmm. And his friend said, Call it Keep Portland Weird. Really? So it and was so actually developed in they, they Austin did it together. for Portland. Yeah. And so, um, you know, because they were kind of talking about the same thing that already retail was kind of down and their cities needed some oomph to them. Just, and that's how this whole thing. Just wait 2017. <laughs> It'll all be coming for both of us. So this whole thing happened, yeah, in the 60s. So the friend said, hey, Terry, do it. Use it. Keep Portland Weird. And so he brought it back here, but right, we have this myth in Portland. Oh, it's from Austin. It was stolen. Blah 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 blah. Well, there's the real story. I love this the fact that it was actually developed in the yeah. the true fact. If that, by the way, if that's the true story. Well, I mean, it's from Terry's mouth. I went to the right, exactly. opening of the so launch of the to beer, Terry, and, and now we're in the we're in the <laughs> era that if anybody says something, it's true. If they if they want it to be true, it's true. But. I think it's awesome that it was actually developed in Austin for Portland and that because yeah. there's always this argument where mm -hmm. it was. So that's cool. So, yeah, it is cool. So the so, beer is really nice. And this is the second in the series. The first one was th with the Unipiper. So it had his uh, image on the front of it. And uh, that started maybe the summer. And Weird Portland United is a thing. Follow so it on do you Instagram. Think that sells beer. You think vinyl helps sell beer and Unipiper helps sell beer? Well, I suppose cross-promotion is the thing, isn't it? It's a key yeah, component. Yeah, well, so if the Unabomber, I want to say Unabomber. <laughs> Easy now. I'm sure Kelly would not have been <laughs> Unipiper. Yes. Think, you know, I've been thinking about the Unabomber a lot, by the way, because he's <laughs> okay. the one, well, he's the one who's, who uh, he brought it to the forefront of everyone that technology is going to be our society's downfall. And, okay. you know, think about it. So, beside that, so let's go back to the Unipiper. Is this, is this interview going to be subpoenaed by the FBI at some point? <laughs> oh, really? I Should Joy and I be worried? That will help the podcast ratings, Maybe. will it not? That's true. So, we ought to get a subpoena. There we go. And, we'll, uh, and, it'll, <laughs> right. and, it'll, and it'll catapult the joy of drinking. Thank you. Thank you. Right. No bad press, whatever that phrase is. Exactly. There's no such thing as bad press. Let's get it off there fast. <laughs> let's get it out there fast. But um, but at any rate, the so, the, so do you think... It, Cross promotion works if the Unipiper has a big enough following. Yes, and he's selling beer and and right. So it's great. I mean, we live in a place and time where everything has to look organic, right? Everybody's interested in selling that beer, but right. it has to look organic. If they went out and they did Budweiser type commercials, you know, that were all slick, they wouldn't oh, work be, in yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't, work. Wouldn't, wouldn't work in Portland as right. as as does any. No, I shouldn't say any, but most restaurants are scared of putting ads in, you know, big ads, unless they're big enough where they can afford to be commercial, like commercials. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth here. I am already, but... But, <laughs> but Portland Brewing, I think they did a smart matchup with, uh, you know, with the Unipiper, this whole Keep Portland Weird thing. He's got this new nonprofit called Weird Portland United. I went to their gala this last weekend. And, you know, they're kind of trying to kick off this thing about really keeping Portland, yeah, organic, like you said, unique. 
right. and really special. So, of course, then for their second beer, they put Terry on the front since Keep Portland Weird is his baby. I think that's a good segue into talking about your food and drink life here in okay. Portland because <laughs> you and I met um, at when you were at uh, the Portland Kitchen. Right. Um, so you were doing nonprofit work for a good cause. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, there, and you met a lot of food people. And were you, were you just a quick answer? Mm-hmm. Did you know a lot of people in the food industry before you started the Portland Kitchen? The quick answer is I didn't know them. I ate out all the time. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you knew, you knew them the way I did before I started my thing. It was kind of right. like, oh, that guy's over there. But but in the course of doing that, you start to meet people. Exactly, right? so I knew the menus chefs. and you know the, the restaurants themselves, but I didn't have that thought of like going to the back of the kitchen and talking to the chef. Right, you know, I didn't have that um, whatever that entree into going. Well, I comfortable. found that through chefs counters, uh, right. which we didn't have in Connecticut. So when I came here and we have chefs counters, that that to me was an all whole new experience, which okay. is kind of why we're all sitting here right now, because I yeah. I said, well, let's do this. Let's get people to know chefs. But so anyway, I asked that question because um, you at the Portland Kitchen, you started to, you know, meet chefs and people in the food industry. And uh, then that gig, you know, either ran its course for you or whatever. Yeah. But you started your own thing. And now I view you as the consummate uh, I view you as a great, one of the great promoters out there because wow. you are, you know, I see your Instagram and you, I see your personal Facebook and you're eating out a lot and drinking out a lot. Um, and, I do my best. <laughs> and you've also found a way to make a living doing that, which by the way, everybody <laughs> would be like, holy shit, how do you do that? <laughs> so can you explain how you made a living out of eating and drinking in Portland? You started a business. Oh, that's it. These are good questions. And Thank I, you for pointing that out. I'd like to. I always like to know that they're decent questions. And you know, um, I mean, there's only so much to you know making a living. So that's a very complicated, probably boring answer. But I also have a very inexpensive lifestyle. I am a cheapskate. I live in a teeny house that's over 100 years old in outer southeast, so that I can't afford to do the kind the kinds of things I want to for work. Um, so I have my mortgage is really really low because it's a you know shack that right, I live and in. You're, you're not supporting anybody else. <laughs> that's right. I support two cats and that's it. Yeah. Um, but well, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no disrespect to the cats. Oh no, you know, but they aren't incredibly expensive. How much does it Knock cost to feed it to to maintain a cat? I'm a, well, I know dogs. How much does it cost to uh, month? Well, have when you they're out well, monthly. How long? Yeah, when they're well. When they're well, I mean, to maintain a cat, probably eight dollars or month. something. Yeah, maybe eight to oh, twelve dollars a month. That's not. I expensive. wish I would have known that. 22 years ago right because cats are so self-sufficient yeah it saved me a lot so you know until they're sick and then once they're sick you know they don't let you know early right so when they're sick they're sick do you carry pet insurance i do good Mm -hmm. and how much does it cost for cats uh pet insurance for cats is um what is it 12 dollars a month yeah dogs are a lot more right interestingly enough that's true they get into more trouble, I think, maybe. I well, don't know what well, it is. Well, maybe dogs, because they tend to be out, out more with their person, so they mm-hmm. could run into traffic, right? Yeah. They could trip over a curb <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they trip. They're pretty good you know, at not tripping. But, you know, things could happen. Whereas cats, I mean, my cats are indoors, yeah, in so the there door, are things that could happen, but they're inside. So right. the likelihood, I mean, yeah, I live so on a busy Oakley, street, so Oakley, they are inside. 15, I first bought pet insurance. Dog, pet insurance with him yeah. eight years ago right after we had a big problem and I thought I can't, I can't I'm not going to go through that again <laughs> yeah. 
and it was thirty bucks a month, and now we're up to sixty five at age fifteen. So I can't. That's a lot. It's stupid to drop it, right? Because I've carried it all this time. I've already put. Well, and you've got one that's aging, so you're going to use it. Is the truth? I may or may not. It may be a you know. I may not. So yeah, we but got don't a deductible drop it now. too. So um, anyway, that's that's beside <laughs> the point. I was just curious about cats. As long as you were mentioning them, and they're yes. on your dole for eight dollars a month. <laughs> that's right. Good for them. So uh, you were talking about. Um, Making a living, so not on the supply on the supply side. Oh right, yeah. Um, you know, and it is that is a uh, making a living is very relative, right? So it could be yes. just barely making a living, putting some <laughs> right. money away, or That's on right. your way to yeah. being able to sustain something and add things like the podcast, which we'll talk about the joy of drinking. Right, yeah. So it's an interesting piece about you know, oh, making a living. I mean, nobody wants to talk about whether they're actually making a living or not, and. You know, I mean, it's been a hard road. So I started this business for myself over a year ago and I've had to uh, refresh that constantly and, you know, have very serious talks. You know, I've got a great mom who like, I'm like, mom, guess what? (laughs) I'm having trouble. What should I do next? Uh, So, you know, I do a lot of side work, too, other than culinary coaching to maintain that. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll be doing another true up here in a month or so to see, you know, where I should be taking my business. But again, if I had a, a regular type of mortgage, there's no way in hell I'd be able to do it. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Well, it's not only the mortgage. There are other expenses, healthcare and <laughs> yeah. all that good yeah, all all those that other fun things. stuff. But, right. but you're able to do what you like. And besides, you said living in a smaller house with a small mortgage. I somehow wanted to foray into your wardrobe. Because you've got one of the most notable, beautiful wardrobes that I know. It's, it's Well, it's it's notable because you, um, I was thinking this morning on the way in, fall and winter become you because there's more cool little things that you've acquired that you can put on. Oh, thank you. Right? I, so, yeah, I think most women really like fall and winter because you can bring out the tights and the scarves and the hats and right. all so, kinds of but, stuff. But fashion is important to you. Right. You you <laughs> never dial it in. Every time I see you, you've got something nice on. You've, you've wow. given thought to thank what you. you're wearing. Um, so let me I was thinking, you. you know, just the things I think about. And I swear to God, I wasn't smoking pot this morning <laughs> thinking okay. about this. Could have been. Could have been. But it's wasn't. legal. Yeah. Uh, whether it was legal or not, <laughs> could have been. But um, so do you think the people who give thought to fashion, do you think it, I'm, I just started to think it helps keep one younger. Like if you're actually oh. giving thought, it keeps you feeling younger. If you're giving thought to how you look, when you get dressed, you're obviously going to try to look cooler, slightly cooler. Like if you care about your shoes and some people don't, that's the difference. Some people don't care what they put on. Right. And some people do. And so you do, and I was, I was going to bring it up to you, and we've had quite a few people here who do, and some who don't, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So what do, you think the, what do you think the driving force for fashion is? Yeah, that's a very good question, and I'm really not the person to answer. I mean, the driving force for me is that, again, I'm a cheapskate, and nobody else buys this stuff on the racks at thrift stores. Right. <laughs> so the things I wear are like $5 because, again, they're sitting around forever. Nobody wants them, so I buy them. Do you ever go to Value Village? <laughs> I have, but you know there aren't many around anymore. Oh, there's one down in Tigard. I I love oh, that place. I I did not know about it. I'm going to write take a note right yeah, now. No. There used to be one near where I lived, and I, it was 
part of the reason for me moving into my place. <laughs> and then it closed. Because <laughs> it was. Clo- I was like, "There's a value well, village." That's good to know. Ah. Well, I'm glad I brought that up because yes. it's important. So I imparted a little information <laughs> to you. I appreciate it so much. No, I, um, I, I, you know, like collecting accessories too. So you can buy earrings and cheap plastic rings and things for really an really really cheap mm-hmm. so it's an easy thing to put on scarves i like them too they add a lot i how think how many how many pairs of eyeglass frames do you have i only have a couple i mean i i have several of the same one okay because i'm you know always breaking them right <laughs> so i have the same one it's un- a strangely just become this look i think if i changed my glasses at this point people would say yeah it's your signature oh, look you? oh, the, your the, joy. Black, the, ba- the black glasses yeah with the, it, uh, accidentally with the jet black hair yeah, so it accidentally became a look. But right. it also, again, because I'm cheap, I bought multiple pairs of them and I need them. I cannot see without glasses. Right. So uh, I bought multiple pair of them and I haven't gone through them yet. So I haven't changed frames. So do you ever go to a glasses place and see frames like, oh, that would be a neat new look? No. You don't want to do that? No, I don't do that. Because all mine, I try to, I have I know too you many. Got, okay, you do. Uh, well, because I like them, and so I'm always walking into the shops, and, oh, those look good, and oh, or I like those. And I know I you and I were together recently, and we were complimented on our eyewear. Yeah, exactly. So I, but I, I really think it was about yours. Mine are not interesting. No, they're just interesting. But I have way too many, and I need to stop, But it's and they're too expensive. I can't afford it anymore. So, yeah. Um, Glassware is expensive. Yeah, I don't do, do that. Think, I, how many people do you think have tuned out of this podcast right now? <laughs> Like they're like, is it the joy of right drinking? Right, the forty is brought to you by Plaza del Toro. Isn't that nice? Yes. Who has it better than us? And anybody who is going to go to Plaza del Toro, right? So, and we're aware. You and I are aware, and some people are aware that Plaza del Toro is moving, or by the time you've listened to this, has moved mm-hmm. to uh, the Pearl, and they're going to have a first Thursday event that people should look forward to every first Thursday. Um, as they welcome people to the Pearl, uh, that's what one would do. Yeah, the grand opening launch party takes place at 7 p.m. February 6th at the new location, 1203 Northwest Gleason Street. So that's the old, if you if you remember, that's the old Trader Vic's space, which oh, was right. a long yeah. time ago. Sure. So, But now you can identify it, and it's exciting. It's a big space, and you know when the Gorham's put something together, it's going to be wonderful, and when they throw an event, yeah. it's a party. I hearken back to our initial interview with John Gorham years ago, mm-hmm. where he said what he wants to do is throw a party at his restaurants every night. Right. He wants that, the, that to be the atmosphere, and that's what Plaza del Toro encompasses. So, for instance, on February 6th at that grand opening, they have complimentary bites from their new seasonal menus, a sneak preview of ferments from Toro Bravo's new sushi concept, Hanoki, and spinning by DJ Jimbo. Very nice. Uh, they're also going to have a full bar, a wine list available for purchase featuring some of their favorite local winemakers and distilleries. And uh, as with anything, mark your calendars and uh, go. Check it out at Plaza del Toro PDX.com right now. You've been consulting with brands. So as part of that, an offshoot of that is I see you posting on Instagram on behalf of your clients or on behalf of what you're doing. You get invited to a lot of things. I get invited to some things too. And you go do them. And you know, I can't have this whole podcast go by without a couple of questions, a statement and a question. Right. You do like your you do like your cocktails. I do. Like I, yes, of I do. all the people that I spent time <laughs> with, I ended up 
with the, seeing the largest bills, at the, the largest checks at the end of time that I've spent together with you because okay. of the multiple cocktails. And then, you know, I would order some to just keep up with you, and I can't. You can drink me under the table. So along that line. So proud. Okay. What, so I want to, what is your drink? Mm-hmm. What's your drink? Like you drink a lot of things, but what is your drink? My drink right now and has been for a while is the Negroni. Is yeah, it's a, the or a. Um, for me, it's a Negroni mm-hmm. and um, an old fashioned. I mean, those are kind of go tos. Mm-hmm. When I walk into a place and I don't know what to order, I, I want something quick that's easy that I know I'm going to enjoy. That's what I go to. Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, I mean, I like to peruse the cocktail menu, but those are that, mainstays because they're pretty simple. Should I just do but, a Negroni? Because I don't have a. I, I, I'll oh, do a martini. I do. Oh, I like a I'll martini. Order a d- martini or a dirty martini, but I mm-hmm. spend too much time and then I end up with uh, too often because I don't read it well enough. Yeah. Froofy drinks, and I get criticized <laughs> for that. Oh, because because why? You're criti- criticized because... It's too, you know, it's feminine. It's got, oh, it's got fruity on. colors and stuff. <laughs> but I don't like, I'm not a big scotch fan. I mean, my okay. father, that was his drink, and I could never understand it. He was always trying to because, get me to drink that. Because what, it's too hot, heat, bitter? What is it about yeah, scotch? Yeah, it's just, I just, it's like drinking gasoline to me. Okay. Like straight up. Uh-huh. I can drink it in a cocktail. And, right. and enjoy it. But my father, you know, scotch on the rocks with a twist. That was what he drank. Maybe he didn't like it either, but it was just the oh thing to Lord. order. He liked it, man. Let me tell you something. <laughs> okay. He had to have liked it because th- there were a few of them. And there were other dry Rob Roy with, I, ca- I can run through them. These things out to dinner with my father. The, his you know, standing orders. His stand, oh, many standing orders <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. So there's that, which is one reason I don't drink a lot. You know, because just, he drank a lot because he, he was a non-admitting alcoholic. So okay. he was, you know, right out of Mad Men. So that's what they did. Uh-huh. Martinis for lunch and, right. you know, martinis at dinner and, or whatever it was, dry yeah, Rob Roy's. So therefore mm-hmm. I, you know, a child of the sixties and seventies, I gravitated because we're going to talk about this too. Okay. Towards, it wasn't called cannabis then, but yeah, you know, marijuana, that was my, that was my buzz of choice. That was your buzz of choice. And okay. still Interesting. is. So. But, you know, you remind me, so even a year or so ago, I would have said my, my go-to drink was a martini. That's true. So it has changed over time. And I don't... I'm probably sure it's changed. It went from something else to a martini at some point. It wasn't... Well, you know, I mean, it's, you're, you're all of 26 years old, so it had to... <laughs> Thank you. Again, <laughs> flushing. Um, no, I think, well, you know, I would say actually that it was wine and beer for me. And mm-hmm. then just, oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, really... I kind of got into cocktails, so it's still new for me, which is why I'm interested in doing the joy of drinking because I don't know a lot about it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so it still intrigues me to to read these menus, and I'm still learning how you figure out what should be on your menu. Mm-hmm. You know, what's cost effective and what's quick and what isn't, and how you that whole thing is marketed. So the logistics behind it at at a restaurant and a bar are I find that fascinating, mm-hmm. and I don't know it well yet. Whereas with um food menus, I mean. I think I kind of get the philosophy behind a lot of them when I read them. Right. And I can I feel like oh I, I understand a smart menu versus one that doesn't make sense, um, and then you can see that in in service when things are not making sense and when can, they are. Can you correlate that to 
reading Eater and seeing places shudder and and oh, do well. I mean, can you see that? Have you seen? Have you said, well, I called that. I saw that menu. Well, that is an interesting question, and I I wouldn't want to sound like I have thought those places would close. No, not really. I mean, that's a good question. I'll look for that now. But I I it doesn't surprise me that a lot of places close. I mean, does it surprise you? Uh, sometimes, yes. I mean, it's a mix, it's a mix and I'm not deep enough into the economics of restaurants to know. I can, I will generally go by, was the chef a restaurateur, you know, did they deserve to keep it going or did they not? And that's not only a personality thing, but did they, you know, were they paying attention? Were they genuine to their mission or what I thought their mission should be. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't, I don't, I've never really cheered when anybody closed. And I, I I always do a gasp. Oh, when I see that they people succeed. I mean, I'm happy with the, the Vitalis and the, the John Gorham's and the, you know, right. And I'm so excited when places do really well. uh, But I do, you know, occasionally I, I get the opportunity to work with restaurants and bars who are thinking about opening and oftentimes I help talk them out of opening because they, let's say they do a pop-up once a month and they are like, it sells out within hours. Great. That does not make a restaurant, <laughs> you know, to, to open I, that and have that filled six nights a week. I like, just, let's do the numbers. And once we do the numbers, you know, it kind of changes their dream. You know, my goal is to work with people who have have an idea for a food product or a beverage product or a restaurant um, or a bar. And oftentimes I have to say it's, it's kind of walking them through the dream and putting it on paper and does it make sense? And usually it doesn't. Shouldn't many of them have done that before they get to you if they have the door? You're just, they have not. Right. Okay. I mean, people are, can, you know, we see what we want to see, right? So you say, oh, I have this food cart and it's going so well. Well, yeah, you're open 12 hours a week. So right. yeah, it's going well for you in those 12 hours. But what does that mean that you can run 10 hours a day, six days a week? In 2020 Portland, Oregon. Right. As Brick and to mortar. Two, this is not 2010 leases. anymore or exactly. 2012. These are, yeah, these are big leases with a lot of uh, expectations and competition for that space. So right. if you're not and doing well, someone will take it. Right. And minimum wage has changed here in Portland and will continue through 2020 to go, to go up to $15 an hour. You know, there are a lot of factors. So, uh, you know, I get scared for people often with their, you know, but I try to help them decide and I, I want to champion them no matter what, if they decide they want to move forward and the numbers look good. And even if they don't, they want to do it. Let's go, let's do it. But there's so much more to it than, Ooh, it's a cool space and the food's great. It's the hospitality and do you have the staffing levels, mm-hmm. all of those things. And, and the permitting process is going to take a while because it's Portland. And, and for taking a while, that means there's a potential, of six months easily with, with rent where you're paying rent mm-hmm. with no income whatsoever with just out you know outgoing funds exactly and sometimes you know I, it seems like you've got people it's just a couple and their families and their friends who are those are the investors and wow that oftentimes is just not going to be enough and well, you know if you want to create some problems when well, they, yeah someone's so close and they've invested money exactly and you know you're going to be open five or six days a week your seventh day is not a down day that's the day you're going to do inventory and you're going to hire right. new staff and you're going to go to the bank and ah uh, and then call your parents and say hey i need to borrow more money so you know, it's just a lot to think about sustaining that business because you're now signing a lease for three, five, seven years. You're going to pay for that, whether or not you shudder. Right. So it's a big, it's a big, big decision. I think that people forget to to really think it through, mm-hmm. and and um, 
Yeah. So sitting down with those and doing the boring financials is really important. Not just the dream idea, but getting into like, how are you going to do this? So that's what you do. And what's the name of that, your consulting company? So it's JC Plays with Food. Oh, so it's the same as your, I knew this. This is my memory. So I knew it, but it's the same as your hashtag or your your Instagram handle. That's right. Yes. So So Joy um, Church, JC. Right. Plays with food, which is always funny because that's how I know if I, people know me or not in real life. Um, when I'm at an event or something, people will say, JC. And that's how I realize, that, oh, we're Instagram friends, but we've never met because I right. don't go by JC in real life. Um, I go by Joy. So it's, you know, a chance to make a real friend when they yeah. come up to me and say, JC, how are you? They're like, not oh, real, we've, they're not not, real we have, friends we have on not, Facebook or Instagram. Well, are you trying you know, to tell me that? <laughs> you know, real Real. Real friends. So in, speaking of real friends, yes. this was the second question I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you in that, in that tra- <laughs> on that track. And this might be putting you on the spot so we can actually note here where we are if it takes <laughs> you too boy. long to come up with it. <laughs> Who's your favorite drinking pal? Oh, geez. That really does put me on the or, spot, or doesn't it? Or top three so you're not leaving someone out. My or, favorite drinking pal. Yeah. Do you um, have someone you that is like you know you're going to have a great time whenever you go out drinking uh well yeah i mean i've got a lot of good friends who don't, don't really drink that much but i go out with them anyway right uh gosh that does kind i of would fall in. under that category because i'm not a big drinker and we've we've yeah. go out. we just went out last week that was fun um that was fun i um you know michelle is great right so she's so much fun mm-hmm. and she's a cocktail person so that's really fun to be with her well give her an instagram shout out yeah so because so, i know she would want it well, of course, Michelle Renee Colombe is right. her full name, and her um, Instagram handle is Capturing Cocktails. And I think it's Capturing, is there a dot in there? Capturing dot cocktails. That's a different one than, than I, when I went down to Feast, or not Feast, I think she changed luck. it maybe changed a year it. ago or so. Yeah, okay. To try to really focus on that, that cocktail piece. So, you know, right. she travels around the world for cocktails. So she really knows her stuff. Um, and then, and so she's, you know, a lot of fun. Right. And again, really, you know, you can go into a bar with her and she knows many of the people. So it's a great way to get an introduction. Again, this is still a, a newer thing for me. So um, so she's a lot of fun. And uh, Karen Locke, who I interviewed for the for the Joy of Drinking podcast, she's a lot of fun too. Um, Karen cares a lot about the distilling industry. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I get new information from her all the time too. So so those are probably my two um, drinking buddies. Shit, I didn't come on even come into thought. You even like d- rejected when I said that. What do you mean? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> yeah. No, and his right. handle is Portland I, Food Adventures. Yeah, no, no, no. I've never uh, <laughs> purported to be anybody's drinking buddy. So, um, so speaking of Karen Locke. Yes. So she is the. So just to back up a little bit, or. Expand this out. a little yeah. bit, round it out. Um, uh, we, you're going to launch a podcast. Yes, when thanks it, to you and Court. Thank right. you. So Court and I are, have thought we'll, at some point, we've been talking about this for a few years, and I've seen others do this. But since we thought of this, I'm like, well, that was our idea, <laughs> where certain podcasts are launched through the same channel, and so through Right at the Fork, we're gonna we're going to run. The Joy of Drinking podcast. Woo-hoo. So you're gonna we're gonna launch the J- Joy of Drinking podcast within Right at the Fork, and the plan and plans change is at some point it will become its own entity. Maybe there'll be I'll a be crossover. I'll be able to stand on my own two feet. Eventually. Right. Well, maybe there'll be a crossover period where it runs also uh, within Right at the Fork, and then 
Um, and then you'll have your own. That's exciting. You're, you know, it'll just say the joy of drinking and you'll listen to that. So, no, I you, really appreciate the opportunity, by the way. Thanks for thinking of me. And it's, it means a lot. Well, it comes from this. For one, we love you. Thank and you. secondly, um, you um, were one of the three or four, th- four women who we tried uh, during International Women's Month this year mm-hmm. to have uh, the month of March. Was it March? Yes. Yes. We're all women, women interviewing women. And you did such a, uh, I knew within five minutes of listening to your podcast, Joy is a natural at this. She's really good. And you can just tell sitting here right now. I, Thank I, you. If every podcast was this easy to do, I, you know, it would be. You do it every day. I do it every, <laughs> I, yeah, do it more often and we'd probably mm. do. Anyway, it's, uh, you're a natural at it. And so we started talking about what would you like to do and, um. So we're down at drinking, and drinking also includes cannabis, too, which I was happy to hear. So That's you, right. It's like the Vice podcast, right? So <laughs> it's I true. I guess called, it should have been called the Joy of Vice. The Joy of Vice. But I don't, you know, I don't want to call anything a vice, because some things, everything's different to different people. The drinking right. does different things for different people. You know, I'm always a little bit, I want to be a little... Uh, cautious about it because my impression because of I we talked about my dad before you know my impression is keep it under control and of course we've got a community of chefs and people in the business who are trying to keep their vices under control well right and that's part of the reason for you know this really is meant to be the joy of drinking everything from tap water to tequila right so we're you know 90 percent beverages and that's everything from um tonic water to tea to, to tea to tequila you've got a lot of teas there have you ever thought of that i know it's incredible tap tea, water tequila, yeah, tea. tequila <laughs> uh, tea and then we were you know and then maybe 10 percent cannabis so because we've got a lot of um bartenders doing cbd cocktails out there and some places doing cbd teas so, so there's you, a lot when to you're talking talk about, about cannabis you're talking about edibles for the most per part se. you're not going to you're not going to go to. You're not going to talk about. Uh, go to farmers and talk about plants. I. Uh, you could, I, I was guess. not thinking about that, but I mean, let's take a trip. <laughs> <laughs> For no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so um, okay, and and I'm glad that it's a part of that world. I was happy when we could start talking about cannabis on the podcast and treat it like wine. Exactly, because it deserves to be treated like wine, and and I anybody who calls it weed to me is like treating it like Wayne's World, and I don't want to see that. I just think it's there's too much of that, and that right. isn't the pl- that isn't the pl- just like the too many cocktails isn't the pleasant side. You know, a, a drunk father is not the pleasant side of drinking cocktails and beverages. That side of, you know, bongs being passed around and tons of smoke coming out of a car is, to me, isn't the positive side of that world. Right. And we're entering into a world where we can actually get away from that and treat it with respect. And, um, you know, it does a lot of great things for a lot of people. Yeah, I think that the, it was very wise whoever helped make that decision that we, start, we stopped talking about pot and weed and even marijuana. It's cannabis because we're elevating it now to, you know, it's a real category i still can i still call it pot but still <laughs> stop doing that yeah no but weed to me is just a negative you know weeds are always you don't want to weeds but anyway so right. um 
But I'm gl- very glad you're doing this, and I don't know anybody else that's actually treating all of these things or put them all in the same the same jug and right. stir them up, and that's what you're going to do. Stir well, them up you and know, talk you've, about you've it. got food covered. So. Well, no, we try to do a little of everything. <laughs> but, you know, here. so this seems like a good compliment. We're food people. Hey, let's pause just a moment here, Chris, talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Of course, over there on uh, West Burnside, mm-hmm. where you're going to find, uh, obviously, the best steaks in town. Sure. In the state. Yep. In the region. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, you can... You can choose to go dine there for a special occasion or any night. Or, of course, we have Prime Rib Mondays, which are really special, oh, which yeah. I just took advantage of last week, where you get a, a Prime Rib. So it's the three-course meal. You get the Prime Rib, you get the, the salad beforehand, some greens. Right. And you get the creme brulee. Yeah. But you can also, here's a lo- another thing, and that's only $39. Yeah. Oh, it's you can it's tell a great them, deal. Which I did. We want a few more ounces. You want it to be a little thicker, mm-hmm. and they'll do that. So if you want a little more, you can add some sides to it, and it's still a very reasonable experience. I always ringside. do the lobster mash upgrade. You got to do that. Oh, yeah. And then also, of course, go to ringsidesteakhouse.com and check out their happy hour menu, when it occurs, and how you go about it. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic, and you can go and have half off of lots of items on the bar menu. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. The Ringside Steakhouse Bar Burger yeah. is easily my favorite restaurant burger. Well, plus, or you can get the steak bites. Sure, you Forget could do the that bread as well, right? And just go right for the steak yeah. bites. There oh, you it's go. so good. Ringside, and also the best service in town. We just, on that prime rib night, mm-hmm. had uh, Colin, who is a really, really nice guy. So I've mentioned Andy and Angelica before, and so many great servers over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you want to really be taken care of, it's Ringside. So are you going to concentrate more on people also? Yes. So you're not, are you going to be, that's an important factor. Are you going to be, well, as we do on the podcast, or we try our best. Sometimes we get into specifics, but specifics about the things, the things people are making. But mostly I want people to learn about the makers and the people doing it and who these folks are, because you can go in I've always felt you can go in to any restaurant and have that food. So we don't need to talk about it too much. Right. Yeah, it's about the per- it's personality it's, it's driven, the I personality think. Personality. Yeah, and you know, um so the two podcasts that I've recorded so far are kind of far apart in that way. So my recording with Karen Locke from High Proof Creative and High Proof PDX, she was really we know each other. So as I mentioned, she's a drinking buddy of mine. So she was really able we were able to um you know, have more of a personal conversation. And we talked about really some fun things. And then the conversation that I had about tea drunk with Smith tea and chef Hull, that was more on the side of about that menu that, that you and I experienced together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think partly because we've got this, you know, triad of the three of us who don't know each other. And so you could see those differences, but the intention that I have and in the future podcasts that I have scheduled the agendas that I'm sending to them, these loose agendas with potential questions are really about a little bit about their product, but really about them. Because I think for me anyway, the personality drives me to go into their shops to buy their product. So that's what I care about. Um, I assume that it's going to be good. Otherwise, I wouldn't be interested in it. Or, or they wouldn't you know? be around too long. Right. Too. So, but it's really, to me, it's personality driven. You know, I want to support them and their small businesses. So, right. so yeah, I'm trying to do that too. And I've always felt that's, Again, that's what's inter- what makes everything interesting and personal is, you know, every every restaurant is uh, an expression of that 
chefs or restaurateurs past and you know their creativity and so you, again I, we always encourage go in there and eat it and try it but rather than talk about the recipe um that's first of all that's not where my strength lies mm-hmm. you know in actually cooking it's okay yeah but where my strength has well, not my strength but my interest has always been what's the story behind this place what what made it happen what keeps it happening and let's hear from this person and we hope that people listen to podcasts and want to go into those places and then feel like they go in knowing you know it's like going in a museum when you know the history now i love watching rick steves same thing i know the history of a a lot of things that i would never know of because of rick steves so you want to be the rick steves of portland (laughs) portland uh sure you know, uh, vices. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just searching. No. We gotta, like, so let's the, the, what's the thesaurus? So, we need it for vices. No, there's... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know either. There's but a better word. Someone come up with it. You know, the other thing is we hope that on your podcast, more people are interactive on the... You know, we know how many listeners there are, but very few comment ever, okay. even directly. I get emails once in a while. But we don't get a lot of, you know, we, everybody wants ratings because that helps bring podcasts up to the top of the algorithms, but also comments. So we hope people comment. So if they can have, someone has a better word for vices, please share. (laughs) Now's the time. We'll come up with it now. But so you interviewed Karen. That's right. And um, you said it was a fun interview. Yeah, we had a fun interview. uh, And I do reference it in the one that we're going to listen to whenever we listen to it in January. Right. Uh, that we did it twice. <laughs> so the first time we met at her office downtown and it was a really tinny sound. So it's really high ceilings and it didn't sound great. And uh, it just didn't go well. So then, By the way, I appreciate that you said that because there are a lot of people trying podcasts out there uh, and the equipment is not expensive nowadays, but. And some of them just don't sound... Yeah, it just didn't sound good. And so the sound bothered us immediately. Mm-hmm. And then we continued on and decided you know, after the fact, like, this doesn't, this does not represent us well enough. And uh, I, you know, talked to Karen about, I think that she felt like she needed to, to slow down. And then when I tried to speed up the recording, I sounded like... And she you sounded regular. Sound like that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sounded like her t- temp- tempo was good, so that did not work. So we went ahead and we were going to be meeting up anyway to go to an event. It's like, can we please do it again? So we met at her house, mm-hmm. right? And that worked out a lot better. She sat next to her cat, and we just had a casual conversation where it sounded like the two of us chatting. So we had a really good time. Good. And we and covered so some of the things that we'd already talked about before, and some new things. And you were gonna, you, we were gonna play. Um, David Letterman or Johnny Carr. I'm showing my age because now, you know, now there's a whole new set of characters. But um, we're going to play a clip. That's right. So uh, Karen was really excited to talk about Jello shots. So we did uh, have some discussion about that. And Karen really had this great reference list that we're going to get to hear of about the Jello shots. And, uh, you know, my thing was like, well, Jello shots are crazy expensive and uh, and the margins are great for bars because there's nothing to them. And she kind of set me straight on some of that. So we're going to listen to that. And uh, then she talks about some of the places that it's worth to spend th- like $3 on jello shots. So, like, really, I did not know the list. I think a lot of people will be rushing out right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one example is Interurban, uh, mm-hmm. North Mississippi. They okay. have one. It's actually in a glass with a little spoon. 
So you well can eat, fancy. You, know, you, can eat you don't have to eat it like a monster. You can, uh, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, it's an elegant yeah. jello shot. Okay. Well, and then you, you see places like Cracker Jacks and Northwest. And then we went out after. Um, so Karen referenced a newish, I guess, newish bar called Tulip Tavern, and I hadn't been. So we went there, and sure enough, they had a spicy bourbon jello shot on the menu for fall. And it was, you know, a three dollar shot. So exactly <laughs> kind of the combination. I was like, this price point is ridiculous. And it was delicious, like she said it was gonna be. So it was kind of fun. Um the and but Karen references a lot of great places. I asked her about her her favorite dark bars. So that's kind of where you can find Karen. So, you know, listen into that one because she talks a lot about where you can see her. <laughs> I don't think Karen's in jeopardy of being stalked either because to whatever bar she referenced, people would have to be there all the time to find her and know what she well, looks that's like. Right. So, so yeah, was we weren't worried about, about her being stalked. Yeah, well, no, I, I was. So um, that's uh, kind of you to be worried about. Her. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even mean it that way, but I'll take I'll take the credit <laughs> for that. Um, so, um, what in your mind makes a great bar? Oh, in my own mind about yes. it. Yeah. So, you know, Karen's saying about the dark bars, that's great. And she was like, you know, what is a dark bar? Exactly? You know, like really dark. Dark bar. Dark. Like, like the driftwood room, which is like. No, she's talking about we were, the places that she mentions, they're dark. She even mentions like, you know, sometimes they may be kind of dripping from the ceiling, like dark, old school bars. Um, when we first tried to record the episode, she took me to Scooters and I had never been. And that's, yeah, that's downtown. That's a dark that's a dark bar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a... Why would one go to a dark bar? What's the reason? I think it's very, um, well, old school. You know, there's we have kind of a throwback here in Portland of wanting that old school mm-hmm. vibe. And Karen is from the Midwest. So we both, we both are. And so we talk about that quite a bit. But Karen also talks about... Um, we kind of had, almost had this little therapy session, this light bulb moment for Karen about why she may be into, into drinks. And that's re- a reference to her parents. And they went to dark bars. So <laughs> these dark, drippy bars. So she's into that. So that's an, an appeal for her. For myself, um, that's not really what I think of. I love it. Wherever I am, give me a drink, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. A good conversation and a good drink, I'm fine. Um, but I do think more along the lines of, let's say, the Driftwood Room. You know, that's right. kind of, I'm interested right. in, you know, I've heard they have this great absinthe program. So I'm excited to get in there for that because I, I don't know anything about that really. Um, I took a, a little course through the Northwest Bartenders Association. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Um, Aaron Howard started this thing. It's an off, a really kind of cool offshoot thing. And I went to this absinthe training about a year ago, and it was really fascinating. And I just haven't done any more with that education. I won a beautiful absinthe book while I was at the class. Anyway, um, and so I'm excited to get into that place. But I've been to the the Driftwood Room before, but again, not for their absinthe program. But I did write down some places that I'm excited to go to. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, and the reason I'm thinking about that is because we are, even though it's a beautiful fall, we're getting into winter. By the time we listen to this, it'll be January. Is yeah. that right? Or yeah. this will be December, probably, right? December or January, but it's going to be late in this. It's going to be, be mid cold. in the middle of the winter season. It'll be cold. So I was going to, you know, my my thing is to try to, you know, I'm a list person. So I take, I write lists. I am a preparer kind of in that way. So I'm thinking about play bars with fireplaces and where do I want to check out? Mm-hmm. Maybe places that I've been already. Um, and a place that I have been that I really like is Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Um, Sapphire Hotel. It's not a hotel. It's a restaurant. Right. <laughs> but they have this little fire pit or whatever it's called on the side it's a little anyway if you can get a lucky 
seat there. I'm excited to go there for drinks around the fireplace. Um, Multnomah, Multnomah Whiskey Library has mm-hmm. a fireplace too, but you know I can never get in. Um, I'm not a member. Hasn't that <clears> changed <throat> a little bit? Now? I don't know. Has it? Yeah. Tell me. I have never been. Oh, we've got to go. Yeah, we need no. an invitation. Hint, right hint. <laughs> and you know, recently I discovered Ron Tom's. Mm-hmm. I've been there before when it's been insanely busy for for events, and I just never really noticed how pretty it is inside there. Right, because usually it's packed with people it's, when we've gone. It's packed, packed, but it's not always packed, packed with events right. and people running around in costume or something. But they have a nice little side piece with a um, a fireplace there too. Not just the exterior, but inside. So I'm excited to try that this winter as well. I've heard Jackknife has a fireplace too. I've only been in there in the summer, mm-hmm. so I don't know what it's like in the winter. Does have you been there? Yes, but I hadn't. I can't reference a fireplace. fireplace. And then Irving Street Kitchen. I hear that they, if you you know, get there right when they open. Um, Sarah's got a a fireplace there that's really nice. But you've got to you know get 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 there early. So those are places I'm really excited to try again. Thinking about cozy. You know, hot drinks because it's going to be cold. I hear again this year. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't go out when it snows. But <laughs> so, um, you know, what comes to mind for me, and, and I always forget. I'm. You know, I went to a great place on the coast yesterday. That a week earlier, people were saying, "Where should we go to eat in Astoria?" And it's my favorite place. And I forgot. Oh, yesterday we went. So what is it called? Oh, uh, South Bay Wild Fish House. And oh, I the- want to have. I want to have. The fish, the guy who owns it on, because uh, he's been fishing since 1992 out in Astoria. There's some stories there. Yeah. But aside from that, the places (laughs) I generally think about that when people come to town, I always want to take people to Expatriate. I think that's a a really nice vibe. Scotch Lodge now. Yes. And, you know, you can't just isolate the places that are are, uh, bar-centric that serve great food. Well, Scott, both of them do. Yeah, but there are so many places out there that have that are really cool bars that it's a nice vibe to sit at the bar. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think so that there are so many. The the lucky piece with the OLCC, so we have the Oregon Liquor Commission, uh, and they control everything. But because of that, we have you. Have, if you have a bar, you have to have food. And who so, decided that? And what I, I is, have it, no or, idea. is Oregon the only place that that exists? Is I that, don't think it's the only place, but I, I don't think it's incredibly common but because of that right bars then have to have really good food to compete they can't right they can't just serve anything exactly so they you usually find bars that have really good food and a great happy hour right so it's it has changed the game because you need to have both to get you know because people aren't in there just to drink anymore they're there to eat too so like expatriate i mean come on naomi has an incredible menu right and but that is also why we have such an incredible food scene yes because it's not just restaurants all the bars had to pl- have yeah. to play ball too, so that's a lot of places, and we're not just talking about Portland all over the state. Yeah, for anybody listening from outside of Portland, and I'm doing all of us a disservice because we don't want more people moving here. Oh, in droves. Now that we're here, right now that, now that we're, we're here, here we... but there's two reasons. Is there a Portland native in the is room? The, is the <laughs> no, no, <It's, laughs> okay. We're all transplants. Right, we have Utah, South Dakota, mm-hmm. and Connecticut. Yeah, in the room. Right. So, but, but please don't move here. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But everybody, you know, it's basically the dirty little secret is people in Portland don't want the Californians because they complain about the weather. That's where and, I moved here from, and they kill the economy because they're coming with cash to buy homes. And but you know what? Them. I think that's kind of 
baloney because I moved here from California. And at that time, when I moved here, there was one farmer's market, the food scene, you know, it was Higgins. What year did you move here? uh, uh, Early 2000s. Okay. And, you know, I mean, there were were very few places, restaurants, the scene was not like it is at all. Even the, if you wanted to cook. I was was, 05. It was nothing. It was nothing. So I have to say that those of us that transplanted here helped to change the culture. In these in these I very agree. positive and, ways, and all these people who came from outside of Portland came with lots of different influences. Mm-hmm. So you've, you're seeing a lot of Southern food now here yep. that you never would have had. Exactly. Would, so yes, we all brought the traffic. That's true, but it's because we're all driving these gonna, great restaurants and, and bars, right? And so now <laughs> more of them will be able to survive because more people are here, more tourist dollars are coming. But I was going to say there are two things that make Oregon just wonderful places. Don't even, that doesn't have to be about moving There's only here. two, no, but no, the but top there are two. two. There are more than two, but the, <laughs> to, for me, the two significant things that people wouldn't know about. So a lot of people could know about mountains and rivers and yep. the ocean and all that. <laughs> That's easy to see, but what people don't know is the, the rule that bars have to have food, yep. and secondly is our beach bill, is our Oregon coast is for the people. And that makes the Oregon coast really special that, yeah. that you know, when I, where I grew up, you had to have a permit to go to a beach. And if you oh, didn't have no. that permit, you couldn't go. So you, oh, there were breaches you could, permit? well, it depends on the city, whether yeah. it's a state or a county thing or whatever, but they did have the, the state beaches, but you had to pay okay. to go into those. Uh, per time, and now they're up to like ten or fifteen bucks just to get in, right? So oh. think about the difference. And and my town, you had to have a sticker if you didn't live in the town, you couldn't get to that beach. And there were really nice beaches, so that was very. Oh, I did not snotty. even know this. And in That's Oregon, snotty. you can walk onto any beach, and no one can tell you to get off. And on top of that, most places you can walk with your dog off leash and have a grand old time without. Worrying about anything. So. I did not know this. I mean, I realized that we can just walk onto the beach here, but I had no idea that that was different anywhere else. No, it's very <laughs> different. So, yeah, well, that's well, you you wouldn't know that in yeah, South Dakota. Know. Exactly. I mean, up, the first time I saw it was the ocean was when I moved to California. Everybody go to YouTube and look up the um, OPB episode about the beach bill. Um, and that's pretty awesome to, huh. re- to read. So, anyway, okay. that has nothing to do with food and drink. It's a lot of drink out there. It's salt water, a lot of salt water. <laughs> Um, we yes. actually only have five more minutes. So okay. what do you want to cover in five minutes, Joy? You're the podcast professional. Wow. <laughs> Being that I'm brand new. Yeah, sure. I know all about it. Uh, what? Well, I don't know. What do you want to know about? You tell me. Oh, so what? So <laughs> if it's not eating and drinking, what? What? how do you most like to spend your time? <laughs> that, uh, wow. That's a good question because I'm like, that's what else is there to do? Exactly. No. <laughs> I knew that was going to stump uh, you. It does stump me a, only a little bit. Uh, theater. Is my other thing. So JC plays with food was intended to be plays as in theater. Oh, you're really food. going for the pun, the, uh, the, yeah, the innuendos. So, um, but I'm a part of this theater committee board here um, mm-hmm. that kind of keeps things quiet. So because of that, I actually don't promote plays that I see. Um, anyway, that's a, another, probably another podcast, but um, it's a platform to help Portlanders in the, in the theater industry, playwrights, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a big, um, have you acted? Uh, not really. I mean, I was in, you know, the ch- choruses of some musicals as a kid kind of thing because my mom played for all of these things. So in the summertime, I had followed I could, her around. I could see you acting. I could see you doing very well. Well, that's very kind of you, but I was really shy as a kid, so that wasn't something I got into. You're not shy now. Well, so <laughs> doing my best. So if someone, 
So let me ask you this. Would you prefer, do you have in your mind exactly, you know, a list of people that you want to interview for your podcast? I do. Do you, do you want people to contact you? Oh, I absolutely. tend to, pre- I like to be contacted once in a while, but I also have, we don't do, you know, we do uh, 40 episodes a year. Yeah. It's easy for me to big. come up with 40. And if someone needs it that badly, most of the people that contact me want to talk about their food or their restaurant. So I, and then oh, I'm uh-huh. like, okay, I want to know about the personality the piece yeah, like know, you're talking about. What about this person? What are they going to be yeah. like to interview? Do you want to be contacted? I'm oh, sure. And if, I want to be contacted. So how would someone contact you? So people, certainly I'm a, I use Instagram a lot. Um, and for this particular piece, so it's the Joy of Drinking podcast mm-hmm. is the handle, not the Joy of Drinking because somebody else holds that one and they're, even though they're not using it. Uh, so <laughs> the Instagram is the Joy of Drinking podcast. And people can always... Um, Email me too. So I've got the joy of drinking podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and JC plays with food at gmail.com as well are great ways to get in contact with me. But I do have some upcoming shows already plotted out with people right. that I think will be really interesting. You want to tease those? At all? I do. Um, we're going to be talking about CBD uh, chocolates and drinks with Greater Goods. Greater mm-hmm. Goods just opened their first flagship store at what used to be Alma's on Alma's Chocolate on Southeast 7th. Oh, on Southeast 7th. Okay, did they yeah. close that? Do they still have the Alma on... Uh, no, because Alma was bought by, bought out by... Mm, yeah, they were bought out by... Um, well, I don't know, Moonstruck or... Moonstruck, yes, okay. Moonstruck. Um, so Greater Goods is, they do cannabis. That's their thing. They do a lot of cannabis chocolates, that sort of thing, and they also now have a coffee and tea bar. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be meeting with them, and we're going to do a podcast together. I'm excited about Proofreader PDX, Proofreader PDX, um, the head bartender's name is Jason Marshall, and he and Hannah Scuola, they created a CBD drink called Gin and Chronic. Oh, and so nice. we're going to be talking about that. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a lot of stuff here. So, and then... Do you Did know- you find out for me how, that, how you can control that? So edibles for me have always been very challenging because... Okay. And I can't... There's no way of knowing exactly how far that's going to go and how long over the weekend you're going to be nuts. <laughs> so, um, but whereas, you know, with... What I've been doing for since it became legal in 2016, mm-hmm. I can regulate, you know, with a little smoke. I know what I know. I like a little thing. So if you could find out how yeah. combining combining alcohol with, oh, doing, with edibles, how, how, oh, how to regulate they're going to make sure they're not people aren't going to go crazy. Well, you know, so many things when we're talking I don't about mean this crazy, but, but just like so many out, things with this category are CBD. Right. So CBD is not psychoactive. Right. Right. So it isn't THC. So the CBD part, you know, yeah, maybe your your back's going to feel better over the weekend when you have it right. in your beverage. But I, but I I feel it. I do. You do. So, you, oh, you like it, it's a head high for yeah, you. Yeah, it's not a big one, but I definitely feel the THC. But the oh. CBD still you, really. Uh, yeah, I, you I, don't I, think that that's just a placebo effect. I, uh, well, let's not go into my experiences <laughs> but anyway, too much, but yeah, because those don't mirror everybody else's. But, but you know, I think that it's about, really just you know the OLC has to regulate that too. This exactly. is all new. Oh so. yeah, yeah, big regulations around that. You know, some things that that were started were really cool and fun that are not around anymore because the OLCC is still trying to get a handle on how to deal with all of this. Right. You know, there were some party buses that you could go and have brunch and you know do whatever. Uh, get. A lot, a lot of smoke on these buses and then go have brunch and those things are not around anymore because the OCC is just trying to, you know, sort it out. And so right. that stuff, it's you know, a it's, a, it's government. It's going to take a while. So, but I'm excited about it. So, yeah, I've got several things to talk about, but I'll, um, you know, leave you with the greater goods thing. It's going to be very interesting. And 
Chris, of course, you're welcome to join us. Oh, that would be fun. Okay, I'll we let you know. We just have to find extra it. mics. That's all. But we'll we'll figure that out. But you don't want me in the room. Oh, come on. You do your own thing. Why not? I'll just It'll I'll just fun. mess it up. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> well, this wasn't messed up at all. But I really I knew this was going to be a fun hour, Chris. and it's been an hour. So okay, and so. It just Blue by. Yeah. It just it went, they go by fast when you enjoy them. So, uh, the joy of drinking, Court and I, so this is the end of this, but by the time this, this episode streams, the intro will have said when the first episode will run. Okay, so, great. Within this podcast. So you can hear it here on Right at the Fork, but it'll be called Joy of Drinking. And then we're going to run that for quite a while. And then, then you'll look for Joy of Drinking itself. Thank you so much. Thanks to you and Court for believing in me. Oh, we do. I'm 100% confident. So thank you. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right at the Fork.